You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm Michael from Arizona. With me always are my good friends. Jay from the hills of Texas. And AK Mike in Texas. And it is a BEA beautiful day again today here in uh, Arizona. And I uh, actually got to go out today and fly uh, an Extreme Flight MXS 73 inches on a DH. What? Yeah. So uh, before we get started, how about a word from our sponsors? Okay. Let's have two words. <laughs> or five words. <laughs> 3D Aerovictures, adding fun to the RC hobby, one layer at a time. Feeling weak and powerless? Sounds to me like you need A-Power batteries. When someone needs the best, they always choose the A-Team. A-Power batteries. Get on the web and get yours today. And we're back. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. And yes, I was able to go out today and uh, actually fly. Uh, actually, Barry called me and he's like, hey, we're going out to the field. You know, you should come out and I'm bringing my uh, my." DA70, uh, 73 inch uh, MXS from Extreme Flight. So uh, I showed up and he uh, had his turbines there. And <clears throat> I uh, <laughs> I was busy doing stuff, but I wanted to go because I haven't seen him in a while. So I didn't really take anything. And when I got there, he's like, here you go. And he hands me the, uh, the MXS. So I took it out there and flew. And it was funny because most of us are used to flying uh, EDFs, right? So you're good for, what, three minutes, three and a half right. minutes. Right. Uh, when you're flying the turbine, uh, we've been doing a lot of that. So, you're, you know, you're good for maybe four, two and a half, three, four minutes. Now, you know, doing 100 miles an hour, it's, it goes by pretty quick. And it feels like you're up longer than two or three minutes. So I take this up, and the timer on the radio goes 16 minutes. <laughs> you're like, that doesn't sound right. End? Oh, no, it was right. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I flew till my neck hurt, and then I'm like, okay. And Barry's like, well, here, let me fly it. So we flew for 12 minutes, landed, and still had half a tank left. Wow. So it, it was a lot of fun. We, uh, we you know, we, we threw the thing around. It's It flies just like my smaller I, – I have an E-Flight – I mean, I mean uh, Extreme Flight MXS 64-inch. Uh, and it's the baby metal one that Jay and I took down oh, yeah. in Texas and let Jay fly or crash or whatever he calls it. And uh, anyway, on. it flew just like that. <laughs> uh, it, it was very surprising. Um, you know, it, it had literally the same characteristics. The only thing that I would do differently is that I would put a DA100 on it. Okay. Why is that? Because wow. when I, well, I came down low and I tried to hover it and it hovers really great, but then it starts to torque. And as you give it more power, normally you guys have flown my DA120. If you give it power, it's gone, right? If you come up into the vertical and you, you cob the power, it's going vertical. Well, this one didn't do that. 
it would hang and it would slowly start going up, you know, going up, going up. And then I have to push forward to get out of it. So I think with a DA one hundred issue or, or is that a, well, the prop was the prop was the recommended prop for the DA 70. Um, but I just think a little bit more horsepower would make that thing. That usually solves most of our problems. I'm not saying a lot more horsepower because DA 100 and the DA 70 are fairly close. You put a DA 120, you're talking two cylinders now instead of just one. But um, it was recommended uh, for this particular airplane. So I don't know, Mike, maybe uh, maybe a different, uh, you know, prop would have changed it. But I don't know. I, get, I didn't get the Yeah, point. Yeah, I guess the only way to know would be to try it and see what mm-hmm. happens. Yeah. But because I mean, if you put a lot of torque on that thing, I mean, the engine is going to just only go as fast as it can go, right? That's correct. And so, you know what? Honestly, it was it was running a little rich, so that may have been a little mm-hmm. bit of it too. We probably lost a little horsepower because of it, it was so running so rich. Um, it was a little cooler when we were flying it, so it sounded rich. And um, I only flew it, you know, that one time. So, and then uh, unfortunately, I had to make a, a few pit stops along the way. I was kind of swung by there on my way to do errands, but uh, otherwise, I would have got to fly the L thirty nine turbine to you. Uh, he's like, you sure you don't want to fly this? I'm like, dude, I'm already late. <laughs> you know, I, I so wanted to do it, but I just was late and I'm like, yeah, I got to get going. So, but anyway, uh, it was a good week and, um, I think we're supposed to have rain the rest of this week. But <gasps> oh my gosh. Day. Rain in Arizona. Yeah. yeah you know, they right. say that and it may sprinkle and then they go, Hey, it rained. That's rain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, the sacrifice well, was know, successful. It's been a terrible day to fly yeah. tissue planes here. Oh, was it? Was it? It was rainy. rainy. Yeah, it was rainy and windy. And it would have been, yeah, it would have been disastrous. Hmm. So, no small planes here for sure. Well, that's you know, Jay, did you get out and flew it? I, I think you did get out. And I fly, did. Didn't I you? did yesterday. I got out and flew a little bit. Uh, we had a little bit of weather that that was moving in. And I got out right before it rained and sprinkled a little bit. So, um, very nice. It was you know, it was one of those pre you know, like you get out and it's all kind of it looks like it wants the storm. And so it's like it, it, the wind would blow for a little bit and then stop. And then all of a sudden you get that smell in the air and you're like, okay, I better go fly right. now because it may like start pouring in like five minutes, you know? So that's kind of like how it was. I was like getting out there and then you get a little bit of the sprinkles, just that ever misty type thing. You're like, uh, is it going to start coming yeah. down? Okay. So, but, uh, but despite that, the weather held off enough that I was able to get out just for a little while. Excellent. Excellent. Now, well, I haven't flown recently, but um, what I have done is gave a bunch of gear to somebody and let them fly. Oh, oh so tell us. Uh, do tell. So uh, there's a teacher. Uh, his name is Corey, and uh, he um, teaches in a nearby school district. And uh, I know him from paramotoring. And he uh, we were been talking. He's like, yeah, I'd really love to show my kids, you know, stuff about RC and this, that and the other thing. I was like, OK, well. Let me see what I can put together. So I started digging through my gear, uh, the stuff that I hauled down from Alaska that I haven't touched since I hauled it down here for the most part. And um, I, I think I gave him a, what was it called? Tactic radio, which oh, had yeah. a couple of yeah. receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not just one receiver, it had multiple different, multiple receivers so he could build a couple planes potentially. And then um, uh, I gave him, what was that uh, plane, Jay, that the glider plane? It was all like the like the Bixler, but it wasn't that we bought. It was like the Bixler, but wasn't. Yeah, it's it's a 
Yeah, it's a push push prop uh, glider type plane. Anyway, it was like a hundred dollar plane or something like that. If I remember right, we bought. I think hmm. we paid eighty bucks for it. Um, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name for? of it. It's was a, it a what's Hobby that? King? Yeah, probably. Uh, like I said, it was eighty bucks and it was about the same size as a Bixler. It flew like a Bixler. Uh, sure, it wasn't a Bixler. It wasn't what's that? No, it wasn't Bixler. Oh, Bixler two. Sorry, I don't remember. Uh, but anyway, he flew that, and he, I got a text message the other day. Hey, Mike. Uh, sorry about that. I crashed your plane. As you did. Did you tape the thing back on? He goes, Oh yeah, it flies fine. I was like, Okay. That wasn't the one that we took out to the hill and we slope soared, was it? And we taped it all no. up for you. No, no, this is something I had here. Uh, that that plane I uh, only had here. I oh. bought I bought uh, that no. uh, since I got here. Oh, oh, oh okay. uh, but I hadn't flown it in forever. Oh, the, the I know exactly which one you're talking about. It, it takes these little one thousand three cell batteries. Yeah, it's the, uh, uh, it's the, the Multiplex MX Shark or uh, that's it, Shark. It's the oh, Shark. shark. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so he flew that, and, and I guess he, I guess, you know, he was flying with the power on, and he trying to land it with the power on. Oh yeah, that's not. And so work. he was, you know, basically porpoising and couldn't couldn't figure it out, and he, he said he nosed it in, and mm. and I think, you know, it had already been nosed in a couple times before because I was using it as a training plane. That's exactly the one there right there. There you go. That's it. And so um, I uh, I uh, yeah, so he took that and and I said yeah, just. Put some glue on it. Put some, you know, yeah. whatever. Cool. I broke all the the stuff. I said, yeah, it's fine. If you have to put weight in the back, that's fine too. Just so it'll <laughs> CG out, you know, sure. whatever. It's it's a foam plane. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's the one, Jay. That's the one. It's yeah. like he's a uh, Vanna White show. Oh uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Use your hand chip motions. There you go. Thank there you. you go. Yeah, there, there you go. Turn the Honestly, yeah. yeah. Turn the yeah. tile. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's not as good looking as her, but I'll say that he's doing a good job. Oh, if you're listening on the uh, website or you're listening on the uh, podcast, make sure you go over to the YouTube channel at the Park Fire Podcast YouTube, and uh, you can actually uh, subscribe. You can see Jay in his Vanna White, uh, you know, role. Yeah, well, I'm not wearing a gown. That's the only disappointment. Yeah, that, that's, you know. that's mostly why you don't look like her, Jay. And that's but it. Those high heels yeah. on, though. You that and the beard. I think so, those two. Things all you know. If you could clear those two things, you'd probably be all right. Yeah. Hey, so to, to to give you a little insight on this particular plane, if you remember, we got these on sale. Uh, it's kind of like where when you got your not at the same time that you got uh, the fundraiser, but from that it same company, right, right around the same time. And it was, was like fifty. You know, this was on sale for like oh, fifty yeah. or what forty was it, that bucks. That warehouse, Friday warehouse, or yeah, Saturday Friday warehouse, warehouse yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Weekend, right. weekend. It was weekend, weekend warehouse. Weekend that was warehouse. It. That's right. And, and, they, and uh, they were just dirt they were, cheap. Yeah, they were dumping these things for like 40 or 50 bucks and i called everybody up and we got one now the cool part about this plane is that you can actually get floats for it and they basically have an enlarged nose that you that slips onto the front and it allows you to take it off of the water as well but unfortunately those are hard to get but that was when i saw that i was like hey that's kind of cool just you know because i like float planes but it's a great little plane it flies really nicely uh really from a first plane perspective if you just just can figure out how to be hands off when you land it and just let the thing glide in and, and land. Mm-hmm. The problem is you got to be six miles out because that thing glides forever. Oh yeah. Glide glides forever. Well, speaking and, of gliders, uh, today's topic is actually about a glider. Uh, yes. Yeah. E-flight, uh, came out, uh, I guess it's been about six months ago with the, uh, Cassendo. Cassendo, Crescendo. 
Yeah, it's like no, I, I think Consend crack, crack, crack and uh, it's uh, it's a warm liner. And thank yes. you once again to uh, Scott mm-hmm. because he uh, he actually got a hold of one and said, "Hey, you guys, uh, you should put this together and fly it and give it a kind of a review on the podcast." And well, I know there's several guys on the eFlight website that have already uh, kind of reviewed it, but this was our first chance to you know kind of talk about it. And Jay basically opened the box and. Whew, fell apart and uh, yeah i i almost feel kind of cheated as for trying to give a build review because there really is no build review uh you just shake the box and it just pops out all together (laughs) embarrassingly so yes usually most planes when they say there are for ready you know almost ready to go or whatever that means you have 20 hours to do something or you know typically you know ready in you know just a few minutes usually means you know Okay, well, you got half, half, a, day. half a day, yeah. then you can yeah. probably get it together or, or something along those lines. But rest of the day. Really, guys, this thing impressed me just from the construction point of view or engineering wise. Because... I, I think you must be disappointed, though, because, you know, you usually like to like, oh, you know, I don't like the way this thing goes together. I'm going to mod that and make it better. Right. Well, so like you said, this one's the evolution. So it's the third in the series because there was two other ones prior to this. Around okay. 2015, they, had the first, they just had the... Uh, crescendo or uh, consendo or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it was, and that was somebody. Just a, please call in. And tell us. <laughs> tell us what the name of it is. Yeah. What do they call Mike? Zero four 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 nine four three. Let yeah, us know, please. So, <laughs> so anyway, guys, the the first one was supposed to be just a trainer, right? So it was only, uh, I think, it, it only used two cells, um, and that was it. And it totally was, you know, uh, first plane glider type uh, setup no power so it, it was kind of weak in a few areas so the body was a little weak the the wings had a little bit of flap to them <laughs> so then they came out with a second one i think it was the crescendo s or something and uh that one had a, a little bit more powerful motor uh but they used the same airframe and so they were having a bunch of problems i guess the tail had a little you could would have a lot more twist in it um like i said when you would start diving this thing or flying it very fast uh, you'd get a little bit twist in the wings and just, just a couple of other areas where I normally would say, okay, it's time to do some mods. Um, right. So this one, um, they definitely, from what from what I can see and from what I read and from what everybody was saying, um, the foam is way denser. It's uh, I'm trying to think of a plane that would be good to... I, I, I guess maybe some of our FMS uh, uh, uh planes kind of have that kind of dense 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 foam um so it's kind of heavy in some areas but i mean it's really really stiff uh small is it beads. a epp foam or an epo foam oh it's epo but it's really dense epo foam hmm. so, so, so it's almost like something that you'd pack your television in yes yeah okay yes so i mean, I mean you, you know bounce it off the ground yeah. What? Well, you know how like yeah. you pick up some planes or EPO planes and you leave your thumbprint in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, if this th- that doesn't happen to this plane. You can grab oh. it and hmm. manhandle it and you won't leave dents in it. Um which is good. Um and the plane's not like heavy heavy, so they did some engineering things are hollowed out. Um but it definitely they not to say that from, you know that they added a whole bunch of extra carbon and extra stuff into it. Mm-hmm. They I think they kept the they kept the the main structure of the plane about the same. They just made the foam denser. 
and thereby it stiffened That's it up a lot. Pretty impressive. Yeah, pretty cool that they were able to do that. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know exactly what plane this is. Uh, my remember my old uh, multiplex um, warm liner that I had. Oh, uh, the Blizzard. Mike? Yeah, I, I had it up in Alaska. I, yeah, the Blizzard. Yeah, the Blizzard. So that one had a really dense foam, and, yeah. and that's the kind of foam it has. It's dense, oh, okay. just like that. Yeah, that's one. the same same EPO, I think. Yeah, so it's a similar plane, but where the Blizzard, you know, the Blizzard was awesome. Um, and when I compare the two, you know, uh, I'd say the Blizzard went a little bit faster because, of course, mm-hmm. I put a big motor in it. But uh, the problem was that thing would tip stall like nobody's business. And these guys kind of figured out a way around that. So, um, you know, but from the building standpoint, this is way easier than putting the blizzard together because you know, the way you put the blizzard together, it had a bunch of uh, 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 fiberglass strips and uh, mm-hmm. pieces of little things. And you had to glue them all in all right. over the wings, all over the body. It was a pain in the butt. Right. And this one, quite literally, you have the spar, you had to maybe... Uh, uh, not glue on the tail. They used tape to put the tail on with a couple of screws, and that was it. I mean, I mean, realistically, it it really was shake the box and everything fell out. All the things were electronic parts were put together for you, at least the in the PNP model that I was using. Everything was put together. Everything was soldered together. Everything was ready to go. You, I didn't have to plug in any of the things. So. I think I think that foam is called a lap a lapor foam. Yeah, because the blizzard and I think I have an I have my my um, mix master the the what do you call it the mangler the mangler one it's a it's mangler made out of lapor, lapor foam as well and you're right it is it's much more dense than just the EP. yeah that's exact the multiplex foam that lap, <clears throat> the lap yeah right. yeah yeah that's the foam for mm-hmm. sure. So this that's what the phone that are using, but uh, yeah. So so putting the plane together was fantastic. Quite literally, if you were slow drinking a coke, not paying attention, and not trying hard, ten minutes to put the plane together. I mean, and wow. then and then the nice part about it, you keep the box because definitely if like we were flying out for the uh, electric festival, you would ship it in the box. You would just take the box with you, and you you know bring the plane with you when you go when you go places so that's that's a plus so it's really nice but uh after putting the whole plane together like i said the after my 10 minutes of not paying attention um the the hardest part for us prior to us flying was the programming of the plane and uh how was it how how do you mean that okay so uh the receiver that the uh that plane uses is an AR637T Alpha, uh, and that's an AS3 um, telemetry-style receiver. So right. um, that thing is really cool. It's got uh, a Vario in it, um, a full set of telemetry, you know, for sending out stuff. But you have to program it for um, the safe mode uh, and also for setting up the, you know, the S3 for the gyros side of it. Um, and that's where we had a little bit of difficulty. Um, when I tried to, you know, I went up to Scott's and we were trying to load up, he has an old, uh, DX seven. And so the DX seven was one of the first generation ones. So it does do most of the stuff. Um, 
And then we ran into the difficulty of guys who are a little bit more experienced doing things, which is, you know, we don't read instructions. Yeah. And this is something you should read. the If you sit down and read the instructions, they write wonderful instruction manuals. (laughs) But you have to sit down and actually read. When it says do these five steps, it helps to do them in order. Ah, Um, It helps to turn on things. You know, we were, tr- we were messing around with the save mode, and we were trying to program a switch. Well, we didn't realize, because if we would have read the notum, like on the page before it, we would have saw that, hey, it says in big, bold letters, um, you know, you have to turn the safe mode on in order to turn on the switch thing later on. Yeah, you skip over that part, you know. Um, yeah, we don't, we don't need that. Yeah. One of the things I didn't realize about the AS3X is that in order to activate it, you have to get above 20, 20% on your throttle. If you don't do that, it it doesn't come on. That's correct. So if you're sitting there, you're going, why isn't this working? You're moving the thing around. It's not <laughs> reacting. Well, you got to turn the throttle up to 20%, then go, then come back, and then you can move around, adjust things. So, you know, it was just those two things that uh, took us, you know, a day, day and a half to fig- kind of figure it all out, and then uh, we got it working. But I will say that having um, a, re- you know, a, a receiver that that basically has this kind of flight control in it makes it wonderful for flying. Um, where my Blizzard, like I said, it would tip stall whenever you got it flying slow, and it would just it would just flip over on a wing like nobody's right. business every time you got it slow to try to land it. Right, was a pain. But having like you know this warm liner, where you know when we did fly it, uh, I you know I was trying to stall it. I got it up high, try to you know try to make it you know drop a wing, do whatever. And all I would do is just mush ahead, just fly, you know, like nobody's business. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah it was a little, you know, got it really, really slow up there. You know, I'm just waiting for the fallout, <clears throat> do something. And it, and it wouldn't. And that's because of the, AS, AS, the AS3. AS3. So yeah. it was that part was wonderful. Um, so there's some other, like I said, we didn't mess with the safe mode at all, but um the the cool part about the safe mode, if, if for at least for beginners and for other people who you know want to use it, because I, I I wasn't quite sure what you what you got with the safe, but basically if you select into the safe mode, um, it allows you to land uh, to launch your your aircraft hands off. So you know it's a glider, you can toss it and then have enough time to pick up your radio and fumble with it, and it should just climb straight out, no problem. Um, once again, it sets the bank angle and it self-writes itself. So if you if you spec it out, you're not sure if it's coming towards you going away or if it's, you know, coming up or down. Hey, you just hit the safe mode. It'll write itself and then you should be able to coax it back. No problem. So that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. So I, I just really thought it was pretty cool for what you got with that setup with that particular receiver. Now, some of the things that that receiver also does is it allows you to talk to the escape that comes, not escape, electronic speed controller, the electronic speed controller that comes with that particular glider uh, is it's not their Avion, uh, you know, smart, you know, uh, electronic speed control, Um, but it does allow some telemetry information to go pass through it to the receiver then to you. Um, so you can you can check out the temperature of the escape. You could look at pack voltage. Okay. You can look at the current, and you can look at the RPM. Did the guy jump out again? What? What guy? <laughs> the guy who escaped. Yeah, the guy escaped. All right, <laughs> I guess so. 
This is awesome. Uh, I tell you. All right. Uh, what else? Uh, what else? My little notes. Here, so it, now going back to the telemetry, because you mentioned that it would pass through. Was the older DX7 able to receive that? Because I know that they made a change at some point in there. Where sure. So radios wouldn't accept telemetry. Some of the newer ones would. Well, okay. So part uh, it it does. It does get some of that. It does get some of that telemetry. Uh, uh-huh. I think that we get things like uh, it does the battery, the pack voltage. Um, right. I didn't see one for the current or the I think, I RPM. Think the signal though, but you I think it signal, does. Yeah, but I think it does the temperature. What was that, Mike? That you get the signal. Sig- too. Signal strength, you know, like yeah, the, the show oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think oh, I think it gives you that as well. But the the once again, going between the you know the old seven and like my nine. And right. I and I remember when I had my old DX8. The reason I ended up trading my DX8 or selling it and getting the DX9 was once I had a talking radio. Well, it's hard to go back. It's hard to go back. And once again, yeah. I mean, all this stuff is great that you're getting that information, but if it's just being read out on on the radio, and you know, it's hard to look down at the radio and see what your current is or see what how much pack voltage you have, as opposed to the you click a button and the button tells you what your you know, how much voltage you have. And that's the big thing because, you know, I would take my eyes off of my glider. I'm looking up to look down at the information that it's giving me. And that was part of the problem, you know, because I'm, you know. Yeah, you don't just tilt your radio up to the sky. I, that, I, would, I was going to say, I, most of us that are flying, when we're looking up in the air, we just bring the radio up yeah, to our Yeah, but still, eyeballs. you know, still that's kind of like hard. Jay that looks real. He does that when he drives too, right, is he's driving <laughs> and the kids, he looks down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From says that's the guy who's with I'm in the break. Which pedal is it again? Uh, he looks down. Uh, hey, oh, forget, is that my left or right foot? Jay. Yeah. And he looks back right up. Foot. He's like, where's my plane? Luckily, it has a safe mode. And he can just flip the button. That's right. Woo. Okay. Woo. So Thank goodness for that. But, uh, yeah, so I think uh, the next time Scott and I go and fly his glider, I'm, I'm going to bring out the DX-8. I mean, the, the DX-18 that you gave me for my for Christmas. Oh, and right. I'm going to hook that up and see, because it, it, it has a lot more features and it also lets you see a lot more stuff than the older true, seven. But I don't know if the, I think you have a version one. And it's just a generation one. So it's the same thing. It, it's not going to speak to me, talk. but yeah. it's, it should give me a lot more telemetry information than that the other correct. one can. Yeah, because you can get a whole lot of telemetry there. Yeah. Sure. You can get speeds and, I mean, whatever the telemetry module will send, you'll be able to receive. Exactly. Telemetry. So, because so, I know cool. mine has like ten different slots. When you open the telemetry, mm-hmm. auto populates everything that's already being right. sent, and then you have like a whole other page. And and the DX7 doesn't do that. It each it slot. Well, no, it doesn't auto populate. Each slot has like one will have like the current and the voltage. Those are the two right. things you can select in that slot. The next slot right. might be, you know. I don't know. You know, it'll be something else, but it'll be the temperature and the yeah, the right, altitude or right, something. But you know, each one has a certain a certain thing for the slots. A scroll right. where you have to assign it to that particular. Right. Place. Right. Huh. Very interesting. Well, did well, uh, you know? I think you probably realize this question is coming. What's that? But uh, what battery does it take? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in luck. There, it can take yeah, any. Yeah. It can take a thirteen hundred three cell. Okay. Uh, for, on the low end, all the way up to a 2200 three cell. Yay. And then for Mike and me, uh, you know, AZ Mike and me, 
it can go from, you know, like, like an 1800 four cell to a 2200 four cell. Mm-hmm. Pretty and much you know, it, a, a 2200 four cells, the max size that you fit in there. Unless you want and there's some phone. concern I've, I've heard about people thinking that I won't fly a four cell. That isn't the case. <laughs> I will fly a four cell. I just don't own any. Yeah, that's right. true. So, if I can borrow yeah. one from Mike or Jay, and I'm happy to use a four cell or a yeah. six cell or a whatever cell. Oh, we got to give a shout out to Philip because he uh, he actually threw a comment on our uh, YouTube page about Mike not and said that he get bored with the three cells and move up to a four, but. It has everything to do with the size battery and the charger and just wanting to stay in a, in a specific. Well, I mean, zone. it's a matter of, a, of, of in any one of my planes that I own and all of my stable of planes, mm-hmm. I, the same set of batteries, I just bring all those batteries to the field and whatever right. plane I feel like flying, I just stick one of those 2200s in That's it. That's true. I never hear you yeah. go, man, I forgot to bring X battery. Exactly I right. forgot to bring I never mine. say that. Exactly. Except for when I'm flying that shark when I needed those thousands and I didn't have the batteries for that. Then I was like, oh, man. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, uh, Mike, The uh, most of the airplanes that I take to the field all use the same battery as well. Right. They use the six-cell monster batteries. <laughs> which is great right so i can definitely move to that space when i when i have enough money to be able to pay for planes that are of that caliber then i will definitely do that when your batteries cost more than the airplane yeah i mean that's exactly right i mean region i could buy a battery or an airplane those are the choices i have right right now i spent 50 bucks on my paramotor starter battery which which was a four cell so i do own a four cell yay there you go one four cell one four cell yeah, now, that won't fit in anything, right? Other than your parents. Oh, not other planes I currently fly, but I could certainly find a plane that would fit that battery, I and I would definitely that. work that angle. You know, like have sure. a, a, a stable of four cell batteries that start my paramotor, and then have planes that fly that too, because then <laughs> I got multi use out of it. I got one battery, and I've got five airplanes that use the one battery. <laughs> no, no, I would have multiple batteries at that point because oh, they all work in the paramotor cool. at this point. Right, see? right. And it's that was purpose. Hey, yeah, come on, guys! You remember what you, I used to have one receiver amongst like three or four planes? So, oh no, I, I did that, I did that myself way back in the day. Yeah. We, uh, matter of fact, what, what, what was it? Seventy-two the, megahertz. I mean, yeah. I'm going to age myself yeah. here a little bit. I, I I remember when switching crystals was, I think, illegal. I think wah, so. Wah, wah. At some point it was, and and then you had to send it back to the factory to get the crystal tune with the thing and the whatever. And I was like, I'm right. not doing that. This thing still works. It's all good. I <laughs> yeah, couldn't it. fly to any of the fields because it'd shoot down everybody and it all get but, wow, Well, I mean, wow, it wasn't like wow. it was over blasting anybody. I just, you know, you just sure. got to be careful that you're not flying on seventy-two point five seven six. You know, yeah, yeah, something I'm just sure. on the other side of the wrong side, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to claim these two frequencies because they're on either side of what I think mine is. <laughs> You're going up there with three flags, you know, taking up three exactly, flags. Exactly. Put one on one side, one on the other, and one in yeah. the middle. I just had my friend stand there with radios that didn't, weren't really working. There you go. Name it. That's, that's hilarious. I didn't have that many friends, so that's not true. <laughs> well, so what did you, what did you think of the flag? Oh, so the plane, like I said, so the good the good stuff about the plane once we got it programmed and we got it flying, it it was it was uneventful. I mean, the launch was uneventful, trimming it out was uneventful. The plane flew great. It sounded great. You know, that was the the great part. Was listening to Scott. Ooh, ah, was the plane went by and was making the whooshing sound. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so he was digging that. Um, 
it like I said, the great part about it is you could fly it on either one. And the day we were out there was kind of a blustery day. So uh, we just flew it mainly on the four cells. And it you couldn't even tell it was it was windy, super gusty cool. windy out there. And like so I said, that's well, huh? yeah. And yeah that's, maybe I need maybe I need to get that plane so I can fly. It here. Oh yeah, and that's due to right. is that's due to the the uh, you know the receiver, you know, helping out there. So yeah, sure. It, it, it did great. Sure. It did great work with that. You know, uh, with the wind, uh, with the four cell. I mean, you know, you just zoom up, get up to altitude, get up there, glide for a bit. Then like you come diving down, come whooshing by put the coals to it and go back up again you know it, it just was it was just great fun so i i'd say on an average on a on a 2200 uh four cell we were easily getting 20 minutes and we weren't even trying i mean we weren't even trying to like you know yeah catch okay. thermals or do any of that right. other stuff uh we were just out there you know cruising you know went you, know, you surfing a little gliders. bit on the wind and uh uh, oh, that's another thing, and I would I would definitely highly recommend anybody when they set up their radio, set up two timers. Of course, you know one timer right, for the actual right. how much you know how long your battery's been running, and the other one you can see just how long you've been flying. Right. So that would definitely be a big plus. Um, On all but, my gliders, I usually have that when you push the throttle forward and the motor right, running, it activates counting up, and then you have a second timer on my radio that just does elapsed time from yep. when the throttle yep. goes up tells me because yeah, we're always trying to see who's up there the longest, longest yeah i think my record's like 45 minutes so. really yeah i i think that was on the um actually jay and i actually flew it it was the phoenix the, 2000 phoenix 2000 yep yep sure was and before i met you two guys uh, uh flying in alaska i had a three-hour flight what three hour three no. hours did Dude, you get I, uh, three and you had took you three hours wait, to wait, did you have a neck brace we're, we're, <laughs> we actually didn't need one. What was cool is that where we were flying was on the top of a, a mountain. Uh, it was actually, what's that uh, hiking mountain that's uh, out in Alaska there, Jay? Uh, uh, Denali? Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. It, uh, um, it's right over the bay, right over the inlet there. And uh, the wind was just coming right up the slope. And it was a nice, easy breeze day. It wasn't like too windy or whatever. And uh, it was a easy, um, uh, uh, gentle lady. Oh, gentle lady. So, ah, well, no wonder you have or a sleeping fan. lady. It, yeah, exactly. it is. A and I, I, t I tossed that puppy in the air and uh, I set it on a turn. Uh, and that thing just went around and went around. I laid down, was with friends. And we were just chatting away, talking about it, watching it, pointing at it. You're like, oh, that's a little high up there, isn't it, Mike? Oh, yeah, I guess it kind of is, I guess. I mean, it'll be fine. And then, I get a little bit nervous and bring it down and it'd be, you know, sketchy because it's like, Oh crap, it's going to land. Oh no. And then I'd catch some more air or find a thermal or whatever, and then set it on a, on a twist again. And it would go slowly up again. Yeah. Well, you see, you're lucky you got that thing back. Cause uh, Jay's right. Well, it's asleep. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So it got to a point where it's like, okay, this is long enough. You know, I, I'm hungry. Yeah. We had fun. Let's go. How how do I get this thing down? Oh, uh, uh, turn. Nope, that's not doing it. It's just going up higher. Okay. Uh, loops. And that was working. Yeah. So I was looping and looping. And then what? Uh-oh. What happened? Did the wing, the wing came off. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. You overstressed the so, wing. So that whole, you know, the, of course, the plane went. <laughs> and the wing went. 
Well, that was we a good way to get it down. Take the wing I clean we, off. Yeah, I think we found. I think we found it all. Uh, surprisingly, uh, we found the wing because it was easy to spot, right? Because it just came right, yeah. fluttering. And, it, down. and that was the thing that was not damaged. Right. Exactly. Well, I think it had a hole from like there were brush, and it had a hole from being stuck there. And then, and then uh, we found the rest of it by like we knew kind of where it was, and and luckily the battery had stayed in it. So, I hear it. And you know, we just found it. It was stuck in a, again, saved itself. It stuck right into a bush or branch. It didn't hit the ground, so it just sort of slid through some brambles. And you know, it was a pain in the butt to get it out, but still, I mean, that's wow. Sounds a lot. Sounds a lot like it was a great flight. Sounds a lot like when we flew his uh, Phoenix 2000 up there in Alaska, and it went through the uh, <laughs> went through the trees. That sucker was like a lawn dart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, as, wasn't as bad as Jay's though. Jay's hit the ground and looked like an accordion, man. That thing smashed that front end. You, you could, it had like six folds in it, you know. Just <laughs> How was the battery? Uh, I think I got ejected the on that one. Did it get ejected or something? I don't remember. Uh, I can't remember what happened to it, but it was one of those weird things. We were, I think we were at the Walmart parking lot again. Yeah, could have been. And, uh, and it was, he tossed it and it flew around. We had it up soaring around and all of a sudden it just pitched over and just was headed to the ground. And Jay's like, no, 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 no. Bam. <laughs> just hit the cement. Yeah. I mean, you know, the parking lot's like this yeah. big and then we're yeah, in a and field that's nothing yeah. but grass and, you know, kind of soft and it hits right on the, on the asphalt. Because he's probably over the Walmart roof. He was. Because yeah. his great thermals were there, I remember. Yeah, exactly. So uh, well, I think that's how uh, we got yours put back together is we took all half of his stuff and half of your stuff and matched, meshed them all together. So, so that same plane I had in Oregon too. And oh, no uh, I, I flew that one and a, and a, and a hawk chased me into a tree. Oh, no kidding. I was flying around and, and uh, he was, he, he, I got into his space and he's like, Oh no, dude, you are not going to be flying <laughs> in my space. <laughs> and this he got funny. a, I didn't notice it, but he was like slowly getting himself above me. Oh, and then right. all of a sudden, I, saw, I was watching him, and I was like, this is cool. And I'm watching him, and obviously he folds his wings in. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, he, he oh, I hit the deck. I started let me, show you, let me show you a little thing about potential energy. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then uh, I pulled up. You know, I saw him sort of wing out, and I pulled up. And it, the reason why he winged out is because the tree was there. And so um, I ended up in that tree because of that. Uh, that's sad. Well, hopefully it didn't get damaged. Well, yeah, it did, but no, okay. you, know, well, you got to fix that stuff. That's true. Well, so we're, we've been talking about thermaling. Is this airplane kind of set up? I know when uh, Scott um, and I were kind of having this conversation, he was talking about thermaling, but this looks to me more like a warm liner. It, it does. It, yeah, it, it's kind of set up for a warm liner. I, I can't really comment it because the days that we've flown it have always you know, have been really windy days. So we've, it, you know, it's been under throttle. It's been, you know, glided in, you know, that, that wind as opposed to looking for thermals. So, right. you know, I haven't had it on a good, calm, thermally day to, to give any real comment. I will say that you probably will be able to thermal it. It won't be as good as say maybe like, you know, a two meter, you know. Yeah. The ASW. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think, I think it'll do fine because it does have a, um, the, the receiver that it does with the ASX three, because you can slow, you slow it down and fly it really slow. Right. And not have to worry about it falling out of the sky. So you should be able to get oh, reactions. Right. Now, what I don't know with most gliders, right. You, you hit a, uh, 
you know, you hit a thermal, the, you know, that side of the wing will come up, right? And you go, oh, hey, there's thermal over there, and you can turn, right. into, it. turn into it. Well, if you have, you know, an AS3X, you know, system that automatically corrects for that, will you get the same, res- you know, what is the response for when it, oh, that's a good point. it puts that the is- wing tipped up? Does it immediately put the wing p- tip back down? I don't know. Can right. you, uh, can you, uh, um, turn that off turn that off on I and don't. off yeah well see that's just the thing we that's the more of the stuff we have to play with and having more switches i'm not it's not we didn't set it up so that we can turn it on and off so you know i'm sure you can but we didn't configure the radio you know the, the radio up for that so at this right. time once you go over 20 percent, the sx3 is on you know until you land it so right hmm huh. yeah it'd be interesting to see if you could actually do something where it would turn off or have it on a switch. Yeah. So so that part, like I said, I don't know. And once again, if you turn it off, once again, you fly it slow like that. Well, now does does it make the plane more susceptible to tip stalling? Right. Well, I guess you'd have to turn it off and find yeah, out. Yeah, I guess so. Well, and you know, honestly, the the little module that they that they sell, I think it's an AS three thousand, not the ASX, but the AS three thousand, which is the module. Uh, that just hooks to the receiver mm-hmm. it's always on always on okay so you cannot turn it off once okay. you plug it in it recognizes that it's there and it's like a six axis gyro so right. so um you talking about flying a new plane and uh you know, how nice it was to build this plane and for it to fly out and be normal and it made me think about um a little bit about like new flyers like one of the things i struggle with as a you know i'm not a new flyer but as a person building a plane especially if it's a stick kit mm-hmm. you know my level of confidence for whatever reason drops like a rock and it's not really my confidence that drops it's more about my concern for this plane i just spent hundreds of hours building with sticks and right. crashing it right. and not and not and not being put together right or whatever the reasons are that and and i was thinking about the three of us like for me i would be like real high anxiety you know, on a scale from one to 10, my anxiety would be up at eight or nine easy for a new plane like this. If it was for the, for the, for the fun jet, I didn't even spend much time on that one. And yeah. The fun my anxiety was really hot. And, and Jay is sort of in the middle there. And I, I'd say Mike is less so it, to me. It seems like, I know this isn't true, but when I, like I give the plane to Mike, he's like, yeah, whatever. It's going to crash or not. I don't care. And then he flies it. Now I know that's not what's going through his head, but it right. feels like that to me as a guy who has high anxiety, his yeah. anxiety is like at a two or a three, you know, and that's high for Mike at a three. And, yeah. you know, and so from, so I was just thinking about that and I wondered, you know, do you guys have any thoughts on the idea of dealing with that? I mean, I, I mean, we're, we're not doctors here or whatever, but sure. like, what are the things that, that you guys do for yourselves? And I've seen Jay have anxiety for planes too. Uh, um, to deal with, to sort of counteract that or to just sort of deal with that as a flyer, as a park flyer, uh, you know, when you're you're getting a new plane. I, I suspect there'll be one or two people who go and get this plane because of the how you've talked about it and, and, and just it's like right. it seems like a good a good plane. Yeah. It's got a reasonable price point. Mm-hmm. It's got a 2200 battery. Why wouldn't anybody buy that? <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, so, so I, I, you know, I just wondered what you guys, what's your feedback on that whole idea? Jay? Well, that's that's a good question because, you know, some planes, it's, it's funny, right? Some planes I don't have any anxiety about, uh-huh. but um, I, I'll give you a, a good example. I got a, I got a Christmas gift, 
and it was from AZ Mike, and he hey, got hey. in this plane. I was I was all torqued out about it, not not because it was beyond my difficulty. It wasn't because it was, you know, super special that like it was something that I always wanted. You know, I've been oh I always wanted this plane, but it was just that you know he gave me this gift, then he showed up. You know, we put it together together. You know, to get together. You know, built the plane. And then when I went to go fly it, I was so nervous. And it was and it was just one of those things that, hey, he got me this gift. We're going to go out and fly it. And I just got, for whatever reason, I can't quantify why that particular plane, but I was so nervous to fly that thing. And, uh, you know, it just freaked me out. And I was just like, I don't, I don't know why I'm so freaked out about flying this gift that I've gotten. But I guess it was just the fact that, you know, he got me this plane. We put it together. And then I'm flying it, and I'm like, oh, man, I sure don't want to wreck it while, or do anything to it while he's here, right? You know, because here's this gift he got me, and then, uh, smash. <laughs> right. You know, right. didn't care about that thing. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know. Right. So I, I guess it just got to me, and I got really nervous about flying that plane. But, I, mean, I mean, the way I fly planes is whatever new plane it is, my anxiety is high. If it's an older, like the Fun Racer, I still have anxiety about that thing because it's just so fast. Uh, but I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't feel that way now uh, because uh, you know I've flown it enough times. Uh, so I'd say I probably have a three or a four when I'm flying that plane. Right. But sometimes that thing gets to whipping, and it's like, oh no, you know, it just, it just feels like for whatever reason, it just feels out of control. Uh, but once I've flown it a couple of times, then, then, then I can do, you know, rolls or whatever, you know, whatever I, whatever I feel like doing uh, to, you know, to fly it. So, Mike, what about you? Well, you know, so for me, um, like, what are you thinking even? Well, so, so, so that, that's a good question. Actually. Use my, use my fundraiser as a good example. Cause that was, pre- that's pretty fresh. Like, right. And so um, the, the fundraiser First of all, for me, I, I get I lower my anxiety by making sure mechanically that everything is correct. So if I have and I obviously want to fly with a with a little bit more control, right? So I want I know when we set up your fundraiser, it was very important for me to have a high rate and a low rate because with a low rate, you can only get that rate. But if I have a high rate and I get into trouble, I can always flip to the higher rate or I can launch it in the high rate and have a lot more throw than, you know, than, than a low rate where you're just kind of, if it's headed to the ground and I pulled all the way back, I got nothing, right? It's going to the ground. Right. So, so mechanically, if, if the throws are the same, all of the control surfaces are lined up, the power works, um, everything's going the right direction then to me, the airplane should react exactly like I want it to react. Okay. It should do exactly what I tell it to do. Okay. Now, I, there are times when it's when it something happens and it doesn't do what I want it to do. But I think, I think for me, the difference is, is that a lot of new flyers or a lot of people with, with less aviation experience will panic and 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 i I don't want to throw big mike under the bus but we'll talk about him real quick big mike when he because the bus mike (laughs) when he 
before, right, and in the past, he's panicked and he starts pulling on the sticks, trying to figure out what the airplane's trying to do. And, and to be clear, I've done the same thing. A lot of people have, right? Yeah. There's a difference because your anxiety level now is through the roof and you're trying to get the airplane to react some way that makes sense in your head. And because of the many years that I have flying both inside the airplane and outside the airplane, I just think my thought process is a little bit different. Whatever control I put in is so minor. I mean, you've watched me fly. I hardly ever move the sticks. I mean, I'm not banging the sticks unless I'm flying 3D. Right, where I do, yeah. Where on a maiden or a new airplane or whatever kind of airplane, I'm just going to let the airplane track out. And if any, if, if I'm not putting out any inputs, the airplane should do exactly mechanically what I want it to do. Yeah. Then when I go to put an input in, it's a slight input to get it to turn left or right or to climb. If right. that input does anything other than what I want it to do, then my brain goes into that, okay, what's happening? You know, how do I correct it? If I pull back and it pitches over, it's an automatic pitch forward to get the other the reaction, right? Right. So so I think part of that is my experience as a as as a pilot and part of it is an experience for many, many, many hours on the simulator. Sure. And and that's something that you have for sure that I don't have, which is I've never had a, a simulator that, I mean, right. I had a simulator, but it wasn't like the one you had, the real flight one, which right. I know, like every person I've ever talked to about flying planes, I said, you know what you really want to do? And they're like, yeah, practice. And I was like, yeah, but not with your plane. They're like, what? Mm -mm. Get a flight simulator. What do you mean? Like, even if you have to get the cheapy flight simulator right. that's free online and you, get, you know, rig something up, do something that right. you can, yeah, fly that. Well, I, I will tell you that way back when, uh, many years ago, that, you know, Jay and I'd call each other and spend hours on the phone. But nine times out of ten, when Jay called me, what was I doing? You were on the sim. I was on the sim. And what I did is I started, like, Real Flight came with, like, I don't know, 70 to 100 airplanes, right? Then you can go download a whole boatload more. I would download as many airplanes as I could stack in the in the thing, and I would literally turn the airplane. I, I mean, I would go to the very A, you know, Albatross or whatever the very first airplane was, and I'd fly it, and I'd do touch and go, three touch and goes one way, three touch and goes the other way. I'd go to the very next airplane. And then I would do touch and goes with every single type, whether it was a Bixler or a turbine. Right. What, whatever or, it was, right? Whatever it was, I would do three, three one way and three the other. And I got to the point where my, you know, my controls depended on what type of airplane it was. If I was flying a turbine, it was hardly moving the sticks at all. If I was flying that, what do they call that thing? It's, uh, it's, um, oh man, I can't, Commander. I don't know if you remember that one, Jay. It was that, as a matter of fact, I have one. It's the Redbird. Oh, that, thing. yeah, it's that Redbird. Yeah, Redbird Command. Yeah, and it's it's like a rubber band looking thing. You know, you put the you put the wings on with the rubber band, you spin it up, you know, and it's got like a tricycle gear with a boom tail. Yeah. And that thing is horrible. I or mean, you know. Or, for, I think another word, the thing was like Firebird something. It, yeah, it Firebird something or whatever. Yeah. But, but they had it on the simulator, and it was the worst flying thing ever because it's only a rudder, and it's a way underpowered, and it's, you know. It's <laughs> yeah. Just, Stacking you know, everything in your favor. Right. And so having, you know, having done that and then having Jay and I spend so much time doing the failures, 
uh, I got to the point where even if the airplane fails, something fails on the airplane, my, my mind, my hand eye coordination just automatically reverts to what, you know, basically what's happening to the airplane. So I can react. Now I'm not saying that I'm perfect and I haven't crashed my fair share of airplanes cause I have, but I usually know, you know, what happens or I can usually get it pretty close, you know, to, to where I can save it. Sure. The other thing too, Mike, is that, um, the, the park flyer group that I'm with, you know, the five or six guys, yeah. almost every week they brought a new airplane. Right. And the difference in levels was so great that they would go here, Mike, fly this. And I'd go, okay, <laughs> we got to make sure everything's going the right direction. Everything looks good. Okay. A little toss it in the air. If it, and some of them just went you know, right into the ground and I'm like, something ain't right. Yeah, and that was, and I remember you talking about that because half the time, either they they put their prop on backwards, they, yep. you know, they had yeah. the servos going the wrong directions for things. They didn't they didn't tighten down the servos. This uh, reminds the rods were moving. This reminds me of a time that Jay and I were together, and uh, we were flying planes from whatever, and some dude brought up his plane, and uh, I think, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I may be speaking out of turn here, and maybe Jay was like a little bit irritated that the dude did it because we were in the middle of flying stuff, and he sort of just sort of came over. I mean, but Jay's not really like that way. So, but it, my point is though is that he he really didn't he really didn't have sense about like there's no close relationship with that person. There wasn't mm-hmm. you know it wasn't a plane that he cared about, and, and he he turns to the guy and says, "Did you check the CG and the you know the surfaces?" And the guy says, "Yep." Sure did. I think it was a guy that we had talked to before, and he was just a guy who wasn't listening. Like he didn't listen to stuff that we had suggested. And so Jay said, "Okay, you've got everything checked. You checked the CG and everything before you give it to me. You you checked all that." (laughs) Okay. And the guy's like, "Yep, for sure I did." And Jay's like, "Okay." And goes, "Mike, give it a toss." And so I throw it, and that thing was all over the place because it was tail heavy. Uh And uh, Jay Jay was just like, "Whoa, what's going? Whoa, whoa, smack!" That thing was done. And and the guy's like, dude, what did you do? And like, and Jay turned to the guy and said, I flew the plane that you gave me. Yeah, you gave it to me this way. I flew it this way. I did not, you know, I did not make an error here. Right. That thing right. is tail heavy to all get out. So we we put it together. You know what was left of it to put it together to see, and you you could see like it would it just you put it on there and the and the tail goes whoop, you know, drop down below, and you're right. like, yeah, this thing is just freaking tail heavy you, you never checked the cg and wow. yeah you know so, I, I have a I, I think another thing for me mike is that uh way back when i got my first balsa airplane i think we did a podcast on it one time it was the su-31 uh-huh hyperion uh-huh. and it, it had a misprint so it said like the cg was oh yeah five and it, and it was like this. 25 so it was really tail heavy the same thing yes and and i'll tell you at that point because it was my very first balsa airplane i was really not wanting to destroy it right so my anxiety level was a little higher at that point and it started doing some funky things and i gave the radio to someone else Uh and he he just freaking stripped the gear off you know he just he crashed it and uh and i was just like dude i could have done that right (laughs) i mean i really i I was giving it to him because i thought i thought that there was an opportunity for him because he said oh i have one of those i had the same problem in my head i'm thinking oh then you can help me out yeah no he crashed his and so he crashed mine 
And I'm like, well, that didn't do any good at all. I, why was, why, why didn't I just keep it? And I could have done the same thing. Right. Right. And that's happened to me probably two or three times where I've been like, okay, maybe I should give this to someone because in my head, I'm thinking I'm not doing the right things. They could help me out. They won't end up crashing the airplane. And then I'm like, I could have crashed it just as easily. You know, it's it's funny you said that too. That I think we talked about this before. Big Mike was having that trouble with that airliner he had, yep. and I was standing next to him talking with you or doing something with Jay or something else yeah, nearby, but but not helping. And and uh, he goes, "Here, Mike, take it." It's like, no, 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 dude, you're doing fine. Right. Just pay attention to what I'm telling you. You know, come this way. Go. Just take. You're doing fine. You got this. You you right. have control because the plane was coming at us, which was. Really, what we needed to be able to see the damn thing, and then, and it, right, because I mean, it was way, it was way sure. out there, and sure. it started coming at us. I was like, all right, we're coming at us, so that's that's good. Now get over the runway. Well, I don't, I don't know how to do that. It's like you just push it left a little bit, not that way, the other left. Right. You know, it was just because he was, as you said, he was panicked, and and he, he I get why. Like I would have been panicked too because he spent a good amount of time putting that plane together, and it, it really was a nice looking airplane. Yeah, well, have sound it did, and everything. Had, to a, had an interesting color thing, and yeah, sound and everything. Right, mm-hmm. it was very cool. And mm-hmm. and he ended up putting that down, that plane landing it, which yep. which ended up being cool. And I think that's the other thing too is like you're you're a guy who's ready to help, but to be able to 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 um, I I think I'm too quick to take the control from somebody. Like, yeah, like I, I can understand that too. Um, especially as a, as an AMA instructor, it's, it's difficult because you want to reach over and go here, let me do it. Yep. And, and, yep. and that's not and really the, the guy doesn't learn anything. Right. 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 And at the same time though, you've got to watch because you, you can't wait to the very, you can't wait until right. you make this like in a it, note. Especially if you don't have a training go, gear set up. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. And I've had guys do that too, where they, you know, they're already in this graveyard spiral headed down at Mach 4 and, and there's no way. <laughs> with a trail of smoke behind it. With yeah, flames. exactly. And then, well, here, save my plane. And you're like, not me. The Jack. wing had already snapped off, dude. There's no way I can save the <laughs> You already. Where's you the self-destruct button? Doosh. There you yeah, go. Exactly. But, but I, I think that the biggest part, and, and I know this is easier for other, you know, for me to say versus other people, but, but that not panic you know, the, the big panic that comes in with your anxiety level. Yeah. I think that a lot of guys go into these first flights or maiden flights by saying, okay, don't crash, don't crash, don't crash. Don't, uh-huh. don't yeah. do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Try to get out of that and try to go into the, and Jay and I were talking about this one time when actually the airplane that he was, you know, worried about. And I go, look, if it's set up correctly, it's going to do what you tell it to do. Right. That's what you should expect. So just take off. Don't jerk the the airplane off the ground. Let it fly off the ground. And then do what you do with every other airplane in your, you know, basically in your, your, you know, in in your collection. When we flew John's Cub at the the Electric Fest, uh, uh, I think Jay, Mike and Jay had both flown before me. So I knew it was relatively great configured plane, right? I wasn't worried about that. Now it's just a matter of can I land it without crashing it, and that right. that was my main concern. Like, I knew I could take it off, but was I was I going to be able to put it on the ground without? And you know, to the credit of that plane, I think if I remember right, I landed it hands off, and they're like, "Wow, that was a really good landing." Yeah, I, I didn't have any hands on it, and they're like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, I landed hands off. I, right. I, I let go of the sticks. Right. You're, you're kidding. It's like, no, no, that thing just landed on its own. I didn't do anything. 
I think like, it had a gyro in there too. Yeah. It might have. Whatever it was configured, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to say one more thing or other. I just, I just know that I, I was like, okay, let's see what this thing can. I think it did have a gyro because I was like, let's see what this yeah. thing can really do, right? right, right. And I was just like, I, I had my fingers near the sticks, but I was just like, you know, hands off the whole way down, and it just went. Whoop. I mean, it was awesome. I, I guess the other thing, uh, I, it's kind of funny you brought this up because uh, when I was out in the field today, we had a, a guy that was flying a F-18. It was a Blue Angels little um, the the e flight. Yeah, the E-Flight one that they uh -huh. just came out. You know, it's kind of EDF. And uh, his takeoff was a little questionable. And I, I said, well, maybe I should go, <laughs> you know, here I am watching some guy, you know, possibly going to crash his airplane i'm the instructor so i said okay i'll just go up there and spot for the guy and that way i'll just watch him and you know he came in and immediately as he turned base the final pull the power to idle which that's me right which if you're flying you know once again we've talked about this on a previous podcast if you're flying a propeller that's fine because you have instant power as soon as you add it but in an edf can do that you're you're, you're screwed you don't have it and man, that thing came flying out of the sky. He was landing downwind as well. Oh, wow. And so it just came down and just pancaked, you know, just bam. And it bounced about six feet back in the air. Luckily, he was already in the power because I was like, power, 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 power. <laughs> you can hear me behind him. And he was already coming in as it hit the ground. So it bounced and it kind of hung there. And then he brought it around and I let him land again, you know, and he tried another downwind landing. But I asked him afterwards, I said, so are you open to some suggestions? Because I, <laughs> I always question. hate to be the guy that walks up right. and just starts Spe assuming that right. you are brand Spewing new. knowledge. Right. And and I have a lot of it, trust me. I mean, and it's all packed in there. And I have a you know diary of the mouth. It'll just be like, you know, and the next thing you know, I'm talking aerodynamics to the guy. And he's just like looking at me with glassy eyes. But he said I he said he was. And so I told him, I said, um, it looks like you were fairly new flying EDFs. He goes, yeah, I'm, I'm really new flying. I'm still learning. And I was like, perfect. Then I said, I, I'm one of the club instructors and, you know, I can give you a few pointers if you're willing, you know, I can tell you a few things that you did wrong on this flight that may help you. So we talked about power management and we talked about downwind versus upwind and how to actually turn. His problem was, is that he's used to flying a box pattern. And when he took off, the winds changed. How do you go from this pattern to the other pattern? Yeah. Especially since you came around with a gear pass. And he's like, well, I, I didn't have enough energy. I don't have enough battery to go all the way around and change directions. And I was like, <laughs> I said, well, if you're coming down the runway in a gear pass, turn 30 degrees out and do 180 degree back around to the other runway. You can fly figure eights. And he goes, oh, yeah, I guess you can. Not that it was any, you know, special thing that no, he understood, right. but in his mind, because yeah. he's new and he's controlling this. Well, I mean, I know really some people can only fly to the right. They won't fly to the left. They won't fly to the right. left, but you uh -huh. need to, learn to do both. And that's hence back to my comment where I would fly every airplane on real flight and sure, do three sure. this way and three that way. I got to the point where I could do it, you know, both directions. So I think this, I think the thing for me, too, is I know what's supposed to be done. Yes. But I can't always execute it. <laughs> yeah. That's right? called experience, my friend. Well, yeah. well and, and then and then there's the ear to to, to brain to fingers uh, delay as right, well, sure, right? And right, Mike's sure. like, power, power, power. And I'm like, what? 
<laughs> As you're hearing, it's like, did you say power? power? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was thinking tower when you first said it. So I don't, I didn't know how that fit with the, yeah. what we were doing. That's funny. Well, the, you know, I think, uh, just practice and, you know, trying to, trying to lower your, uh, your level and, and not starting out with that. I'm going to crash, you know, don't crash, don't crash kind of thing. Well, you know, that's a, there's a lot to be said for the idea that you, you know, mentally see the plane coming down. Well, mm-hmm. there's a lot to be said for the idea. It says, okay, well, the way this thing takes off is the way it lands. Mm-hmm. Get, given all things equal, it's going to land as easy as it takes off. Right. And, and so, you know, if it takes off crappy because it's tail heavy and it's going to land really crappy too. Uh, but yeah. And I think people, I think people get airborne. This, this is one of the things that I've seen a lot is that people will head down the runway or park or wherever it is. The airplane gets airborne and starts doing something they don't want it to do. So they try to come all the way back around. Yeah. And land. Yeah. Don't do that. Just yeah. pull the power to idle, let it land out there. Yeah. Because you'll do less damage to it if you just let it, you know, kind of go straight ahead than you will if you come all the way back around. So. And I find deep breaths make a difference. Deep breaths, control your breathing. Whoosah, whoosah. <laughs> don't rub your ears though while you're flying. No, yeah, don't pat your tummy and rub your head. Uh-huh. So, well, uh, let's see. On a scale from one to ten, Jay, going back to the uh, the airplane, you would give it a. Uh, I'd give it a. I'd give it a nine. Solid nine. Solid nine. Um, ease, ease to put together, you know, that was 10 out of 10. I mean, you can't get any easier unless it was already assembled in the box. You know what I mean? Um, like I said, the programming that, 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 that was my doing. So, you know, Hey, um, you know, (laughs) I was stupid, you know, not they, they wrote good instructions, but you got to read. So, you know, I give myself uh, a two out of 10 for being dumb. (laughs) <laughs> but uh i give you i give horizon i give horizon a, a good a good 10 out of 10 for their written instructions if you read them Excellent. um and then like i said the plane flies super easy having the gy- you know a, a receiver with a built-in gyro and all that that gyro can, i mean that all that the receiver can do is phenomenal so not that i say that this would be a beginner plane mm-hmm. but for a second third plane this is an excellent an excellent choice. And like uh, AK was saying for, you know, it's sub 200, you get everything included, ready to go out of the box. All you need is a battery, quite literally a battery and a radio. And that's all you need to fly the plane. And I would have one. I would already have one. You can't beat it. And it flies good out of the box. It has capabilities for older radios, the brand new stuff for the higher capability stuff that it can do. Um, it's a pretty advanced, pretty advanced thing. Like I said, you and, you know, the three of us wouldn't probably use the safe features, but you know, there's no reason not to turn them on and have them on. I would, I think I would just because I want to see it work. Yeah. Yeah. So that that when I hand the plane to someone who doesn't know how to fly. The way I look at it is if you ever have, if you want to train somebody or somebody hasn't flown a glider, you could put the safe stuff on. And, right. and they can fly it and not have to worry. Or just let them fly it normal, yeah. and then when they're not doing well, just click. Yeah. Or as they get used to it, you can click it on or off or, you know, yeah. whatever. So from that standpoint, I mean, it's a great setup for, yeah. for what they did. So they definitely yeah, cool. they, they definitely hit it out of the park with this particular model. Good. Oh, we uh, know that the Draco is now in stores. Yes, uh, it is. You didn't say Draco. 
Perfecto. Uh, so, yeah, if you uh, have one of those, uh, shoot us an email at parkbarpodcast.gmail.com. Tell us what you think. Uh, I have two friends of mine that actually just received theirs. Uh, one of them called me today, Scott Berryman. He's out in Denver. And he uh, was at the hobby store and had called me and said, hey, what's the story with this Spectrum battery? <laughs> I go, how oh, funny. You should listen to the other, you know, the, just the last podcast. He hasn't caught back up yet. But I started laughing because I'm like, yeah, our last podcast we was just talking about it. But he bought the Spectrum that only went with their charger, the smart technology, and had to go back to version one. So he was returning that one and getting the other one. And he called me to verify. So. Uh, I'm interested to hear what Scott thinks about it. He uh, was headed home uh, to, to charge his battery and get it in the air. Oh, cool. So he thinks it's going to be a pretty good, uh, you know, just throw in the back of the car, go fly anywhere. Fun. Uh, and then one of the guys out of my field uh, has purchased one as well. And uh, hopefully I'll get my hands on it here sometime in the future. All right, so cool. I'll look at it. But uh, I do know there was a limited run to some hobby stores. So if you were not able to order one, check your local hobby store and see if they have one in stock. Um, it comes ready to fly, uh, and hopefully we'll have more details on it uh, as people start, you know, kind of getting their hands on it. Going Sounds like fun. It does. Other than that, uh, our hour is up. It sure so, is, buddy. Man, it's uh, time to go. But uh, we appreciate you joining us here on the Park Park Podcast, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you here in two weeks. So from uh, I'm Michael from Arizona. And I'm Jay from the hills of Texas. And uh, they came like from that. <laughs> we'll see you in two weeks. Right. Let's fly. Let's fly. You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review, and feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com.